You ever try to operate one-handed? Amen. It's real fun. Y'all try it sometime. Romans chapter number 9 tonight. Romans chapter number 9. And for the benefit of uh, those who are going to be watching this on the, on the video and wondering what in the world's going on. And they see me, see me in this sling. And they'll think my wife has done something to me. She hadn't. <laughs> Other than she helped me with, by putting this thing on. I got some bursitis or something going on in this shoulder. And so tonight I'm not wearing a tie, not wearing a coat. And that's the reason why. Hopefully it's either going to go away overnight or else I'm headed to the doctor tomorrow. To see if maybe they can put an injection in it or something to uh, uh, take the pain away. I had a frozen shoulder a number of years ago when we lived in Indiana. And uh, those... Uh, those shots they give you to, to free up a frozen shoulder did a wonders on me. And so I'm hoping that uh, maybe they can do something like that. Uh, just, a, just a magic needle is what I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, but I, I'd, I'd rather to wake up tomorrow and it be all okay. But um, it's been giving me fits today. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to preach anyway. And I'm glad that you're here. Romans chapter 9. Uh, we, last time we saw that God designs with purpose. We talked about His sovereign purpose. That's what He designs with. And no one has the right to question His right to do so as Creator God. Uh, we're, the, we're the clay. He's the potter. And, 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 and the clay doesn't, doesn't say, what, why did you do this to me? It, it just doesn't. Uh, we saw also that God delays punishment. What a wonderful thought. Think about it. God is long-suffering and delays punishment to some in order to show His mercy to others. And that last part is where we pick up next as we see that God determines to show mercy. Now I want to back up and read the verses uh, uh, that we've already dealt with. Verse 22, uh, uh, we're going to back up and just take a look at a, a couple of these verses. And we'll, we'll start with verse 24 tonight. But we, let's read verse 22. Uh, as it asks the question here, What if God, willing to show His wrath and to make His power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. And we, we saw that reality in Pharaoh's life. God put up with Pharaoh uh, to bring about the redemption of his people out of, out of the land of, of Egypt. Um, and that didn't end well for Pharaoh, but he had opportunity to respond to the Lord, which he failed to respond rightly, and uh, God eventually took him out. But uh, God, it was God's, prerogative to uh, show long-suffering there uh, in Pharaoh's life. And we see, notice verse 23, that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory. Even us, okay, and this is where we pick up tonight, even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. We're talking about the church, uh, made up of Gentiles and Jews. And it says here, um, uh, you know, that God is, does this, among, what God does as far as uh, delaying his punishment and bringing about mercy and grace, 
in folks' lives. He does it among the Jews and the Gentiles. And praise God for that. Why does God determine to show mercy? Uh, Because that is an essential part of His character. It's a part of His character that would have not been known unless He chose to manifest it. Amen? He, He chose to manifest His mercy. And Luke 6 verse 36 says, Be ye therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. We have, because we have a merciful Heavenly Father, we are to also operate in a manner of mercy. We have a God full of grace. We're to be gracious. Okay? We're, we're, we're to try to be godlike in our dealings uh, with folks that are around us. Be ye therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. 2 Corinthians 1 3, uh, and I quoted this this morning in the morning's message, uh, but blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. He's the Father of mercies. He's, he's the first one to show mercy. He's the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. 1 Peter 1, verse number 3 says, Blessed be uh, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy, aren't you glad His mercy is abundant? So abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So that, that abundant mercy that showed to us, it is in Christ. Amen? Uh, where, where do we get the mercy from? Well, the mercy comes from God, but it comes through what Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary. Think about how, out of all the people in the world, the Lord God chose one insignificant group of people, we're talking about the Jews, uh, to initially work through and reveal himself to. Now, other folks were hearing about him, as he delivered them from Egypt, right? <laughs> I said, "When well, we we heard what the we heard what the Lord did over there, we we and got got our knees knocking over here. We, we're afraid what He might do to us." And and uh, the Lord also chose to bring about His work of redemption through these same insignificant people by using them to bring His Son Jesus Christ, who's God in the flesh into this world to pay redemption's price. Now, all through, you take, take uh, 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 the Lord Jesus Christ's human ancestry and you, it goes all the way back to Abraham. It just does. And listen, the Lord also chose one central place in the world and that is the land that he gave to the Jews the land that makes up the, the country of Israel, let me stop, stop right here, it really makes up more than the land of Israel because uh, you've heard uh, of occupied territories. Well, who's occupying the territories? It's not the Jews. Okay, the, the Jews' enemies are occupying some of the territories that belong to Israel. And they're going to they're be in all of that land one of these days. They, they will be. The Lord God has promised that to uh, the, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, we know that uh, the, 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 that land that makes up the country of Israel and will make up the full country of Israel, from where he w- that's where he would unveil his love to the whole world uh, and where his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, would one day, and he is going to one day, rule and reign from Jerusalem. Yeah, 
That's what the Bible says. He's going to literally rule and reign from Jerusalem for a, a thousand year period. A thousand years is a long time. Think about it. And I've been on this earth 67 years. That's just a drop in the bucket to a thousand years. It just really is. Now, even from Israel's very beginnings through the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God's heart has been for His chosen people to reach out to the Gentiles with the message of the Lord God. A Gentile, of course, is anyone who's not Jewish, and that's us, right? I don't think we have any Jews among us tonight, but we're Gentiles. And praise God that He wanted to reach out to us, and unfortunately the Jews did not, didn't obey His command and allowed pride and spiritual indifference to enter their lives, and they made at least two mistakes. Number one, they thought that just because they were born Jewish, that they were in God's kingdom. And Paul has repeatedly knocked the props out from under that argument we've seen in our study through the book of Romans. Not more than one time he's knocked the props out from under that. Um, the second mistake was that they didn't take God's word to the Gentiles as, as the Lord wanted them to do. And what the Apostle Paul is doing here in Romans chapter 9 through 11, this is a group of chapters here that really go together. And we're, 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 we're looking at the, you know, sequentially we're going through, but they are tied together. And what the Apostle Paul is doing here in Romans 9 through 11 is showing that salvation is not just for the Jews, but it's also for the whole world. And every one of us Gentiles ought to say right there, Amen, praise God, hallelujah, thank you Jesus, right? Amen. Aren't you glad that it's for the whole world? Um, now, he's also reminding us, uh, reminding the, whoever reads this, that God has always called out a believing remnant from the Jews. And we saw an example of that in our Wednesday Bible study last uh, Wednesday as in Judges 13, a very terrible time in, the, in the, the nation of Israel's history, but yet Manoah and his wife were part of God's remnant. They're part of God's believing remnant that God chose to, to bring Samson, uh, a judge that he would use against the uh, Philistines. And, and God's always had a believing remnant. And today, I understand there are an estimated 16 to 18 million Jews in the world uh, of this population now is about 8 billion people from what I understand. And you think about 16 to 18 million is pretty insignificant against 8 billion. And really only 6.8 million of those are in Israel. Most of them are, are outside of Israel. Um, now the that's changing all, the numbers are changing all the time because God is calling them back into the land. And we'll see more about that uh, in later messages. But if God had said, think about this now, if God had said, I'm only going to the Jews, He would still have been merciful because, listen, none of us deserve to be saved. But He didn't do that. Instead, He opened the door of salvation to everyone. Okay. Whosoever will may come. Aren't you glad for that? Um, now, we'll get to that when we get into, into chapter 11, but he did so by 
first offering it to the Jews, and that's why you know Jesus came through the line. He was Jewish, and uh, John one verse eleven through thirteen says, talking about Jesus, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born of God. And that's what the Lord Jesus did. when he, Even though he was rejected by, largely, by and large, by the Jews, Jewish population, there's still a believing remnant. I mean, we know the disciples were Jewish, amen. They were a remnant, with the exception of Judas, his chariot. But uh, the Lord uh, saved, and he, praise, praise the Lord, uh, through the, those disciples and through those that were in the uh, upper room uh, there in Acts chapter number 1, uh, the Lord began a, a, uh, a great thing in, in carrying the gospel to the world. What a wonderful thing. Will there be any Jewish people in heaven? Absolutely. But not every Jewish person goes to heaven. Will there be any Gentiles in heaven? Absolutely. But not every Gentile goes to heaven. The only way anyone gets to heaven is through faith in Jesus Christ. What Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. You don't believe that what He did was for... To, to you give the covering for your sin. You, if you don't see yourself as a sinner in need of salvation, and that Christ alone provides for that salvation, uh, you're not going to make up the fold that gets to go to heaven. Um, now, uh, we'll begin the message here. We, we see the case for God's mercy. Down in verse number uh, 25 and 26. Quoting from two Old Testament prophets... Paul builds the case for God's mercy. First of all, we see God receives Gentiles into His family. Look at verse 25. As He saith also in Osea, which is talking about Hosea, and where specifically He's quoting here from Hosea chapter 2 and verse 23. And if my arm was in better shape, I'd have you turn to there. How about just write it down? Uh, but you'll, you'll, you, you can understand that it, it is uh, very close to what we're, we're looking at here. He's, he's quoting from that passage in Hosea. And he says, I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. And who's he talking about there? That's the Gentiles, um, as prophesied by Hosea. Uh, the, the Lord gave Hosea that in what he gave him. Look at verse 26. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people. Now this is coming from Hosea 1 and verse 10. You're not my people. There shall, there shall they be called the children of the living God. Well, you know, we're not Jews. We, we weren't God's people, but we are now through faith in Christ Jesus. What a, what a blessing that is. Um, so he's, he supports what he's saying here uh, using the words from the prophet Hosea. And I'll give you those 
chapter and verse again. Hosea 2.23 was the first one, and Hosea 1.10. If you've got a center reference Bible, you probably can see that in, the, in your center references for those two verses. Now, this shows that it's not a new thing for God to add Gentiles to his family. It was always in God's plan. Okay? It was always in God's plan. Do you see the centrality of God's work here? Note the phrase, he said, I will call them my people and beloved. And they said, they shall be called the children of the living God. Listen, God receives Gentiles into his family. We, 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 and we're not on a, a, a different plane either, you know. The foot is leveled at the, there at the cross. Uh, you know, we, we are as much children of God as the Jews that are saved are the children of God. Uh, another thing here is that God redeems a remnant from Israel. The first thing was God receives Gentiles into his family, verse 25 and 26. Then verses 27 through 29 here, we see God redeems a remnant from Israel. Uh, let's begin reading verse 27. And he's talking about the prophet Isaiah here. He said, Isaiah also crieth concerning Israel. Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, notice this, and he ought to underline it, a remnant shall be saved. Oh yeah, physically, Abraham had a lot uh, of descendants, didn't he? But spiritually, a remnant. And that's quoting from Isaiah 10, and verse number 22 and 23. Um, he says, For he will... Finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. This is a reference to the tribulation period. You know, things are going to happen fast there toward the end of the tribulation period. And uh, he is saying, you, know, you, you need, to, need to come to the Lord soon, is what he's saying. Uh, and then verse 29 there, he said, and and as Isaiah said before, uh, he says, Except the Lord of Sabbath had left us a seed, we had been as Sodom and been like unto Gomorrah. Uh, now you'll recognize those words coming from Isaiah chapter number 1 and verse number 9. If you, you remember in Isaiah, in fact, I'm, we're going to take time to turn there. Look at because I want you to see the context of this. Look at Isaiah chapter one. I do have my my things marked here, but uh, it's just uh, easier if we don't go to every place tonight. We will go to a few. Hosea is kind of kind of tough for you to find anyway, and so Isaiah is pretty easy to find. Isaiah chapter one, and uh, we see the division that Isaiah had. Here, uh, concerning Judah and Jerusalem, according to verse number 1. And this was in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Look at what it says here for the context. Hear, O heavens, and in verse number 2, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. We, we have seen... Uh, in our studies in the Old Testament, that that is a true statement. I mean, over and over again, 
they would rebel against the Lord, especially in the book of Judges. We're seeing it. Uh, I mean, the Lord gets them out of one jam and they're back into another jam because they, they rebel against the Lord again. Look at verse 3. The ox knoweth his owner, the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know. My people doth not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Why should ye be stricken any more? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. What a, what a picture that is given here of uh, God's people Israel. Look at verse 7. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. Why, why was it that way? Because God was bringing chastening to them. Was the chastening working? No. It may work temporarily, but it wasn't, wasn't bringing long-term uh, 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 success in their lives. Verse 8, And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard. You ever, you ever driven along the highway and, and uh, saw out in a farm field uh, uh, an abandoned barn, an abandoned cottage out there? That's kind of the picture that's, that's given here. Um, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a and as a besieged city. And here's the quote about the remnant. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. You see, you're in the midst of all that I just read. There's still a small believing remnant. That's what he's mentioning here. Except the Lord of hosts had left us unto a, a, a small remnant. We should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Now you remember when the, the Lord was going to judge Sodom and Gomorrah? A, a remnant of just ten righteous people would have saved Sodom and Gomorrah. According to Genesis 18, verse 23 and 33. How small is the remnant? We don't know because we can't know people's hearts, can we? The Lord knows who the remnant is. Uh, talking about the, 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 the Jews again. But I want you to see the, the context there of what, uh, what Paul is quoting there in Romans chapter 9. Now, drawing from uh, Isaiah 10, verse 22 and 23, and Isaiah 1, verse 9, Paul summarizes uh, here in uh, Romans 9 and verses 27 through 29. He summarizes that the Jews who respond in faith become part of the remnant. <clears throat> true believers, listen, true believers are always in the minority. You think everybody that calls himself a Christian is really a Christian? No. Not by a long shot. Paul is reminding those with a Jewish background that they, they might not make it in and they better repent quickly if they want to be part of the remnant because God is carrying out his sentence. When, it, when he carries it out, it's going to be with speed and finality. Okay, It's going to happen quickly. And like he did with Sodom and Gomorrah, the destruction will be total and only a handful will be saved. Now, we see 
divine election and human responsibility. If you remember last week, I made a, a statement to summarize what we see in this chapter. And I said, God is supremely sovereign. That is a fact. He is supremely, supremely sovereign. And number two, we are responsible for our response to Him. Both of those things are true. First of all, God is supremely sovereign. Salvation, listen, salvation starts with God and ends with God. If God had never started salvation, nobody would have ever went looking for God. Huh? They just wouldn't have. Um, no one can ever claim any credit for their salvation. Somebody pointed out, we don't even get any points for seeking the Lord because He sought us before we ever sought Him. Uh, Harry Ironside uh, told of a prayer meeting where a man gave a stirring testimony of God's grace in his life. And, and afterwards, somebody came up to the man and said, my brother, that was a fine testimony you gave. You talked a lot about God, but you didn't mention your own part in salvation. And the man thought for a moment and then said, you're right, I did leave that out. He said, my part was to run away from God. God's part, he, he came and chased me down. <laughs> Amen. He came and ran after me until he caught me. And that's the, way, that's the way it is with all of us. Left to ourselves, we would not have went looking for God. We do the running away, and God does the, the, the pursuit. He pursues after us, and we're, we're in charge of... You know, what we're in charge of is being lost, and God's in charge of saving us, amen. And, and thank God that He does that through Christ, what, uh, Christ Jesus, and He will save anyone that will come to Him by grace through faith. And that brings up the second thing. We're, we are responsible for our response to God. Now, the Bible says that God only saves those who place their faith in Jesus Christ. It's very clear. Scripture's clear on that. Henry Ward Beecher used to say that the elect were the whosoever wills and the non-elect were the whosoever wants. I mean, uh, and if you're wondering whether God has predestined you to salvation, just answer this question. Have you ever placed your faith in Jesus Christ and in Him alone for your salvation? If you have, then and you're saved. I mean, uh, the answer is yes, then you're predestined for heaven. But what if the answer is no? Or what if you're not sure? Well, Listen, one reason God has delayed His punishment, if you're in a state of unbelief right now, the reason why you're not already in hell, the reason you're not already judged, is because He's delayed His punishment to give you more time to be saved. And if you go to hell, it won't be God's fault. He's done everything necessary to make sure you can go to heaven. From our human standpoint, you know, we're completely free. We, we wake up in the morning, we have a choice to get out of bed or stay in bed and we can choose what we want to wear if we want to we can, every decision we make is a free choice but those free choices come with uh, they come with consequences sometimes don't they and, and so we, we guard some of the choices that we make but understand that if God had not intervened in our lives none of us had any hope whatsoever we never would have sought him out on our own and even if we uh, had never, if we even if we had, we never could have done anything to warrant heaven. Listen, we were sinners by nature, sinners by choice. But I'm so thankful for what Ephesians two and verse four says. But God, 
but God who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. And that, and the, the very first verse of, of Ephesians 2 uh, says, And you hath He quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Our choice is a free choice, but it's, it's made possible only by God's Holy Spirit enabling us to believe and be saved. Uh, I think we, I've shared with you before Ephesians 2, verse uh, 8 and 9, talks about, uh, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. What is that talking about? That means the faith is not of yourself. God give you, gives men, mankind the faith to be, even be able to believe. That's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We have nothing to boast about. God, God sent His Son into the world, uh, reconciling man, uh, and, and we'll, we'll take a look at some verses on that here in just in a, a little bit, but our choice is a free choice, uh, but it's made possible only by what God has done on His side, His Holy Spirit enabling us to believe and to be saved. Now, the good news is that no one has to go to hell. No one has to. Whosoever will may come. That's in Scripture. Whosoever will may come. Uh, if you want to be saved, you can be saved. If you will obey the gospel by trusting Christ and trusting in Him alone. That is the promise of God to you. No one will ever be lost who turns to Christ for salvation. Jesus said it Himself. He said, Him that cometh to me and I will in no wise cast out. Uh, so death is the deadline. You know, you're still living, you're still breathing, you're not reached the deadline yet. But if you were to reach the deadline tonight, where would you go? Once you die, the deadline to be saved passes. It's too late to ask after you die. Think about uh, the rich man. Uh, and uh, you remember the rich man and Lazarus, the uh, story? That's not a parable, by the way. That's a, that's a real story that the Lord Jesus told. And uh, he, he was wanting mercy. He was in hell and he was asking for, uh, you know, uh, Lazarus to be sent to him to give him a drop, just a drop of water on his tongue. That's asking for mercy, but there was no mercy given. After, after the deadline passes, after you die, uh, it's too late to ask for mercy. Now's the time to ask for mercy. God is supremely sovereign we are responsible for our response to God. And here's the last thing. And I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 5 for this. And that is we are responsible to tell others the good news. What's the good news? Well, the good news is that Christ died to save sinners. And whosoever believeth in Him, uh, uh, they, they can uh, have heaven as their home. They can be forgiven of their sin. Amen. Sinners must be told of Christ before they can trust Him, and they must trust Him before they can be saved by Him. Salvation depends on faith, and faith on knowing the gospel. Look at, look at the progression here of what happened with the gospel. And uh, here we see our, uh, God's part here, and we see our responsibility also here. And 2 Corinthians 5, in verse number um, 18 says, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. So, you see, God, God planned that before the universe uh, was, was even formed. Uh, I know that that blows our mind, but, but he did. 
but he reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. I mean, Christ did all the reconciling, but we got to get the, 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 uh, the news out about it. Look at the verse 19. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. There it is. We, we're responsible. We've been com- the, the word of reconciliation. The reconciliation was afforded by what Christ did, by what God did, sent his son into the world to do. But now it's been committed to us to share that word of reconciliation. Verse 20, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. So even, even here, uh, uh, Paul was, was uh, reminding anybody that's in the Corinthian church, if they really weren't born again, they need to, get, they need to be born again. <laughs> uh, they, they need to, to, to be reconciled with God. So for he hath made him, God has made Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's the work of God, amen, and that's in the salvation. Uh, have you turn back to uh, uh, look at uh, Romans chapter number 10, and we're going to jump ahead here just a little bit, but it, it all comes down to um, God's way of saving sinners is to bring them to faith through bringing them into contact with the gospel, and it's it really just as simple as, as Romans chapter number 10, verse number 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, that, remember the context of this, verse number 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's calling upon the Lord, okay? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, verse 13, uh, shall be saved. But keep on reading. Verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And so there we see our responsibility. Amen. But what a, what a God we have that determined that to show mercy because if he had not determined to show mercy, we'd all be in a world of hurt, wouldn't we? We just would be. Every one of us would be in the same boat, uh, going in the same direction. But God uh, chose, he determined to show mercy in the world. Not only to the Jew, but also to the Gentile. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you tonight for the, this blessed truth that we 